0: As I said earlier we're glad that you're here and I'm glad to be back is my microphone on hello is my microphone on now okay thank you sorry I just couldn't hear it well I'm glad to be back with you guys Um, it's been a great two weeks out in Arizona we did a lot of great work out there and um, had some great people with me, uh, both from our church and from a several other, other churches here in Ohio, and we just did some good things down out there. Uh, I'll talk about that in a few minutes, but I want to remind you of a clip from a movie back in the 80s. As soon as I tell you about the clip, most of you will remember it. It was Dan Aykroyd, and um, it was, um, his name just left, John Belushi the blues brothers you remember the clip they're at the front of the church and they say this phrase we're on a mission from god and you remember the song that began to play and john belushi doing the back flips down the uh, center aisle if they had had a center aisle i was going to try it <laughs> not really you know we've seen that we've seen that clip so many times But I think it is a great analogy. Each and every one of us are on a mission from God. Now, it's not a mission to put a band back together, it's not a mission to gain a name for ourselves, it's not a mission as a church, even to build a church building, it's not a mission to get a certain number of people in attendance in the church but rather it's a mission to reach lost people with the message of jesus christ as i said for the last two weeks i've been out in arizona on a mission trip. i had a wonderful time you know everybody said was it hot let me tell you the first four days i was there it was blazing hot it was 111 each of those days now, normally, it's in the 80s, low 90s, because we're up at about 6,500 feet where we are. But those first few days, man, it was hot as could be. I think I lost weight, and then I started eating again, and I put the weight back on. We had a wonderful time. We, the first week, we had a vacation Bible school for the church, and we were able to reach a lot of kids to talk to them about Jesus, both weeks we handed out water We went out and we had pallets of bottled water to give to the people We don't think about water because all we need to do is turn on our faucet But out there they don't have clean drinking water to drink from And we were able to hand out water and we handed out water filters And we began to talk with them about The living water that Jesus can give to them And that only God can provide for them You see far too often We spend more time thinking about things Than we think about God And we think about how we are supposed to be on that mission To share the love of Jesus Christ With those around us I don't know if any of you are like me But sometimes I can be pretty selfish Anybody here selfish? Like I am Go ahead and raise your hand Everybody better raise their hand If you're not, well you're self Sometimes we can be Self-seeking Sometimes we see people The way we want to see them But what God Challenges us Is to see them the way He sees them As a precious child Who the father Wants to have a relationship with God's desire is for you and for me to be in a relationship with him But I also want to remind you that it's God's desire For us to share that relationship with the people around us That all can come into a saving relationship with him Turn with me in the book of Matthew The very last chapter Matthew 28 You know these verses well. They're going to be on the screen. But listen to what Jesus says as he is about to ascend into heaven. The Bible says this. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I love this last phrase, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, I know that we know this text very well, verses 19 and 20 are often quoted in churches. They're written on bumper stickers. They're often on the walls of churches. But I wonder, have these just become words for us to go and make disciples? Oh, we think it's important, but we think it's important that it's someone else's job to do that. I believe that it must become an attitude and a lifestyle for each and every one of us. As a church, we can talk about all of the hows and the whys, but we must realize that it's time to quit talking and begin to put into practice what God has commissioned us to do. This is referred to as the Great Commission for a reason. This isn't the great suggestion. This isn't the great hope. This is God telling his church to go, to take action, to make disciples. I wonder, do we practice what we preach? Do we truly love God and love people? Because I need to tell you, if we love God, we must love people. And if we love God and we love people, then part of our loving people is proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, they were making fun of me in the back earlier because we have a lot of slides for today. Now, the good news is this. It's not a lot of points. It's a lot of scripture. We're going to be walking through the book of Acts. In many ways, we're going to walk through the entire book of Acts here in about seven, eight minutes. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 1 because I want you to see that it's not just me saying it. (coughs) Excuse me. It's not just some slides on the screen. This is really God's Word being proclaimed to us and seeing what happens when the church unites and does what God has called them to do. It's not just us gathering to be together, although let me tell you, that is wonderful. After all we have been through over these last 17 or 18 months, just being back together is a tremendous blessing, isn't it? Being able to worship together together to hug one another, to shake one another's hands. It's a blessing. But understand, when that early church got together, it wasn't just for fellowship. That was an important piece of it, but it was to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to all of those around them. Listen to what Luke writes in Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 7. He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Luke is coming back to that great commission, saying it in his way. After he said this, speaking of Jesus, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Now notice this next phrase. They were looking intently up into the sky as if he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand there looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. I love verses 10 and 11. Can you imagine just for a minute everything that the disciples must have been thinking about in those moments? They probably were looking back through all of the last three years of being with Jesus. They were thinking back of all of the things that he taught, all of the healings that he had done, all of the parables that he had shared with them. They were probably looking back and thinking about that week 40 days before where Jesus said, I'm going to die and three days later I'm going to raise from the dead and sure enough, he did. And then those 40 days where Jesus continued to teach, continued to appear to them and continued to encourage them and then he ascends into heaven and gives them this commission. And these men appear in the midst of all of this. Can I give you Brian's interpretation of those two scriptures? It's really pretty simple. I believe these two angels that appeared to these disciples looked them square in the eye and said, stop sitting and start doing For three years, they had watched Jesus. They had listened to Jesus. Now, granted, they had helped Jesus in many ways. But I believe those two angels looked at them and said, now it's your turn. It's no longer time for the education. It's now your turn to go out and to do the work that God has called you to do. And let's be honest, if you know anything about the book of Acts, boy, did they ever do it. Everything about them was that mission, that commission that Jesus had given to them. Look, as we turn the pages in Acts chapter 2, we begin to read these words. When the day of Pentecost came and they were together in one place, Suddenly a sound like a blowing violent wind came from heaven And filled the house where they were sitting They saw what seemed like tongues of fire That separated and came to the rest of them All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit And began speaking in tongues as the Spirit enabled them Down in verse 22 we read Fellow Israelites, Peter is preaching now Listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. As to yourselves, know This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But... God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep hold of him. Then, down a few verses later, Peter said, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to their hearts and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do then? Peter replied, you know this verse well. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them save yourselves from the corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number daily. Now, I want to pause because we need to understand that the church began by promoting Jesus, it wasn't about programs. It wasn't about sitting around and thinking, well, what can we do to reach people? What means can we use? What programs can we create? What classes can we teach? Notice what Peter does. He looks at the people and he says, you are a sinner in need of a Savior, and Jesus came and lived and died and rose again. Now turn your lives to him. We read there at the end that on that first day of Pentecost when the church was ignited 3000 were added. But if you jumped out a few more verses look what continues to happen. They devoted themselves this is verse 42 to the apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. those who were being saved when the church does the work that God calls it to do the church brings people to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ all throughout those early pages of the book of Acts we read of the church gathering and the church proclaiming the name of Jesus oh they fellowshiped that's an important piece that's a piece that we have missed for so long but their fellowship was directed to bring others into a relationship with Christ the church when we reunite must be united with the message of Jesus being proclaimed in chapter 8 after stephen has been stoned we understand that the church now is being pushed out of jerusalem The apostles, they are being scattered out. And a lot of people would say, so they're leaving the place where they were launching the church. This is just a young baby church. How can they leave it? But notice what happens when the church doesn't get consumed with crisis. They don't get consumed with struggle. They continue to promote the message of Jesus. Listen in chapter 8 of the book of Acts. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned for him deeply. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered, they preached the word wherever they went. They're watching all their friends, they're watching all the people back in Jerusalem getting thrown into prison, but notice what the church does. They go out and they preach the Word. You know, there is struggle in the church today. I spent two weeks with different church leaders and people in the churches, and guess what I'm hearing? The same thing we're experiencing. People aren't coming back to church. Church is in decline once again, and it is a struggle-filled time. It's easier to watch online. It's a great medium, and please don't get me wrong. I'm glad that you're watching online and that you're participating and worshiping. But people aren't coming back together. We need to find new ways, creative ways, to reach the lost. Maybe the media is a new way and a creative way that we can worship with people around the world, that we can proclaim the name of Jesus in many different ways. But we need to remember no matter what the struggle is, no matter what we're up against, that we need to be like that early church and continue to boldly preach the name of Christ. A virus cannot silence the name of Jesus. And all of the fallout from all that we have experienced throughout this last year and a half cannot negate that Jesus still needs to be proclaimed and we still need to be about the business of reaching the lost for Christ. There are hurting people that need to know about Jesus. There are hurting people that are destined to hell without the saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We read throughout the pages of Acts about how that early church ignited itself and then that Saul that we just read about, he comes face to face himself with Jesus. And he has a conversion experience. And Saul becomes Paul. And we know what begins to happen. Paul was sent out by those same churches that he persecuted. And he was sent out on missionary journeys to continue to proclaim the name of Jesus. The word of Jesus left the Jewish people and went to the Gentiles. And Paul took that message. And aren't you glad he took the message? Because if he hadn't, most of us wouldn't be sitting here today. Paul shared that message. And then Paul is put in prison. In Acts chapter 28... Paul is under Roman guard. He has been persecuted. He has been hurt. He has been beaten. He has had everything thrown at him. And now he is under the rest. But guess what Paul does? He just ceases, right? Is that what Paul did? He stopped? Not at all. Paul continued to preach. When he was in prison, he preached. When he was in house arrest, he preached. When he was being told to be silent, guess what he did? He preached. He proclaimed the name of Jesus. And in Acts chapter 28, beginning in verse 17, we read these words Three days later, he called together the local Jewish leaders. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, Although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. The Jews, they objected. So I was compelled to make an appeal to Caesar. I certainly did not intend to bring any charge against my own people. For this reason, I have asked to see you and talk to you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, We have not received any letters from Judea concerning you, and none of our people who have come from there has reported or said anything bad about you. But we want to hear what your views are, for we know that the people everywhere are talking against this sect. Notice what the religious people are saying that this thing is something bad. But they arranged to meet with Paul. And on a certain day, he came in an even larger number to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning until evening, explaining about the kingdom of God. And from the law of Moses and the prophets, he tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some of them were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They had disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made the final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through the Isaiah the prophet, Go to the people and say, You will be ever hearing and never understanding, you will be ever seeing but never perceiving, for this people's heart had become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they had closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes Hear with their ears Understand with their hearts And turn and I would heal them Therefore I want you to know That God's salvation has been sent To the Gentiles And they will listen Do you hear what Paul's saying here? You religious people You have ceased to do What God has asked Your hearts have become hard Your minds have become calloused. Your lips have been silenced. So guess what Paul said? So I'm going somewhere else, and they're going to proclaim it. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. What did Paul do? He preached the message despite the religious people of that day. I want to get really practical for just a couple of minutes. I am convinced that we as a church, too, need to stop all the discussion and all the talking. We need to start, stop just staring into the sky and saying, God, what are we to do? God has told us what we're to do. Proclaim his name to the lost world. I think the church universal here at the end of July 2021, and I believe more specifically Faith Christian Church, stands at a crossroads. We have one of two choices. We can choose to take the easy road and do all of the things that make us feel good. We can put the programs together. We can do the things that make us feel good, maybe have some fluff, or we can choose to be a light and a beacon to our community. The world is hurting. People are seeking hope. They are seeking help, and they are seeking strength. Jesus is that answer. Until Faith Christian Church becomes a place where lost people are loved, where lost people are sought, and where lost people are taught, we are not being the kind of church that God desires us to be. I believe until evangelism is the center of all that we do, We are just simply doing church and we are not being the church that God has called us to be. So I want to ask three things of you today. If you have a piece of paper, write these down. These are three very easy, but I believe very important things. The first thing is this. I want to ask you to pray for Faith Christian Church and for our leaders that they will seek God's direction and insight in all that we do. Pray for our leaders and pray for the church daily. The second thing is this. I want you to pray for Tuscarawas County. And I want you to pray for those around us that God will open the hearts of the people to hear the message of Jesus. I am convinced that when we bathe the people around us in prayer, God can do great things. And the third thing is this. I've asked this before, and I'm going to ask this again. Will you pray for one? What I mean by that is I want you to find one or two or Maybe three individuals that you know personally that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and pray very specifically for them by name that they can hear the message of Jesus. And maybe, maybe just maybe, in that prayer, you could also pray that God will open the door for an opportunity for you to share the love of Jesus with them. I am convinced that the church in 2021, and Faith Christian Church specifically, is on the cusp of doing something great. But it's only if we choose to do it as the heart of God to truly love God and love people and proclaim the name of Jesus to all we come into contact with. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for your message throughout the pages of Scripture that we have seen where your name has been proclaimed. And we see that people respond. Father, as we come to this time now in just a few minutes to come around your table, we recognize that the greatest gift was already given in your Son Jesus. Father, I pray that we can just simply proclaim Him, share His name, share His love, and share the change that He has made in us with those around us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.